on this episode of A Tale of Two Rivals. Michael Pittman climbing the charts. Pride Fagermuth, is he legit? And why you shouldn't have been building through running backs anyways. Stay tuned. Welcome to a tale of two rivals, a fantasy football podcast put on by your gut check three P going for my fourth champion and a numbers obsessed spreadsheet loving nerd defines a sort of consensus to share with you, the fantasy football listener. Hey, who else is here? Hey, it's your. FF underscore spaceman Dave Wright. That's who's here, Mr. Mr. Foster. And Todd, things are going well. A win in the Scott Fishbowl. Two and six, baby. Two game win streak. You know what that means? Yeah, that you know what that means. Start 0 and 6. But the comeback is on. And climbing our way. We're both trying to climb our way back from the basement in our home league. And the, uh, and then in the Tail Two Rivers Listener League, Todd, you're, I believe. Uh, six and two. I'm five and three. Things are happening, my friend. Scott Fishbowl, baby. I'm six and two, top of the Genesis division, uh, and I'm the f- rank four fourteen in Scott Fishbowl right now. Not bad for the rookie season. And in uh, our home uh, keeper week, my team is on fire. Three game winning streak after not winning a game before that. Davy, I got to tell you, dove into the spreadsheet today. I'm a believer. You've converted me. <laughs> I, I saw your tweet, man. But, oh my goodness. It, it's weird. It makes it harder talking in the freaking podcast because you're taking all my goddamn points. I'm sorry, man. I mean, I, I mean, my amazing eye for the game and just my feel for talent paired with your analytics, I'm probably unstoppable. You created a monster. You've created a monster, David. Did you beat Levi this week? Or last oh, week? yeah. Oh yeah, easily, easily. That's it. That's it. Eight no, eight no. Did he give you a shout eight, out? No. no, but he did remind me that I'm only third in the league in points. I said, yeah, but I mean no, but I mean no. All right, Davey, you ready to get into my takes? Yeah, man, you've picked some good topics today, uh, which we need after some kind of not so. I, I wouldn't even say not so fun is even appropriate to say after some troubling news off the field in in football. It's good to get back on the field. And you don't dive into some fantasy stuff. This is why we play. Yeah, tons of drama in the NFL. But let's focus on just the fantasy side and just have a little fun with it. All right. And I think the guy who might be the most fun right now to think about is Michael Pittman. He was a guy that I'll be flat out honest. I was not high on as a rookie. All right. But I had him as a mid second round pick because others loved him. And there was obvious opportunity there. Well. That opportunity was 15 targets this week for close to a 30% target share on Wentz's insane 51 passing attempts, but he also has a 24.7% share on the season with a 96.7 route participation, and that's his third game with 12 or more targets. So yeah, 
He's the guy. I don't think that those are numbers that are flukes if they bring somebody in. They're featuring him. They're building through him. He's currently the the, the wide receiver 11 in PPR, which is even more impressive, impressive given that he only has an 8.29 TD rate with those with only four TDs on the books. So then you go to DLF, you go to their rankings, he's still the consensus wide receiver 32. Like, come on. Second year breakout, he has draft capital, and he's got work. I, I just couldn't believe that when I saw it. So I did my rankings today, like a quick process, a little bit of a gut check, and I have Pittman at 17. I have him neck and neck with Judy, who I put at 16. I'll take Pittman over Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Jalen Waddell, Debo, Devontae Smith, Sutton, all the Pittsburgh players, Hollywood Brown, Michael Thomas, Bateman, A-Rob, Thielen, and Woods, because he's producing to the point and getting the work to the point that he should be easily over most of those guys. The only two guys that I think I'm being all bold on is putting him over Cooper and Allen, who aren't even number one options in their own offenses right now. He's a true number one, and honestly, number 17, 17, rank 17 might be too low for him, but that's more points to how loaded this position is. Wow, Todd. We've, we've had some little nuggets about Michael Pittman throughout the season, or we've talked to him about him a lot. Off air, we've had, talked to him a little bit on Rookie Fever as well. Uh, some of those were bold. I actually think uh, Pittman over Hollywood is bold, and Pittman over Bateman feels a little bold as well. There's and then also Waddle. I I, I think it's tough. Like Waddle's having a great rookie campaign. Hollywood, I'll give you. That's I think I had Hollywood around like twenty one, so they're like in a similar tier. We'll say right. What on earth with Rashard Bateman? I mean, I, I get the idea of the potential, like, and I love Bateman. He was one of my favorite rookies coming out. But what would Bateman be shooting for that'd be better than Pittman? Like, like, how could he rise above that? Like, it's possible, don't get me wrong, but I feel like he'd be shooting for that type of work. And Pittman's already showing that he's getting it. And he's only in his second year. So it's not like you're having a huge age discrepancy there. Uh, but it's that Rashad Bateman was just such a stellar prospect, Todd. Bateman's a projection. Pittman's actually doing it, like you said. So I'm not going to really argue a lot there. And just, I'm surprised because I know you were a big Waddle guy at one point. And now I think you've cool. Have you cooled on Waddle or what's going on? No, I think Waddle was either 19 or 20 for me. And I think what it is with Waddle is it's more to the fact that Pittman is commanding such a massive target share and the fact that he's doing this without like what he's doing on a per game basis is without scoring like he's not scoring a lot of touchdowns at all and like with waddle like i do see a higher ceiling but i can't guarantee that waddle is going to get the same target share that Pittman would and Pittman, i i just he's clearly a wide receiver one on that team if uh, it'd be really hard for me to picture them going out and finding a guy to put in front of Michael Pittman when there's a lot of other needs on that offense. I think they would need to get supporting guys around Pittman. Pittman would be the safer option of the two and the one that's already showing a little bit more consistency with that, where I think Waddle is a very explosive player, but I, they're close. They're definitely close. I'm just going to take the production over the projection on that one. 
which is interesting because there's only a 2% target share difference, and actually Waddle gets more targets per game than Pittman does. Yeah, but my point being is that, like, when you look at the games, like, so if you look at, like, Waddle's games, right, he's not getting those massive, massive games. There's been games where Pittman's just had, like, really, really, like, low targets in a game, and I think that's more towards, like, just the indie offense, you know? So, like, yeah, I get that. I mean, I think... Uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I really, really do like Waddle. I think it's also, I, I just don't know if Waddle's going to be a one. I love Waddle, man. He's an explosive athlete, so I'd be happy with either. And they're like neck and neck in terms of like, they're in the same tier for sure. Yeah, we're splitting hairs here. and I'm kind of hitting you off the cuff here. That was, that was a good, that was a good swing. That was a good <laughs> swing. Jalen Waddle was a good swing. I, that was one I th- really thought about before I put him in that list. So rapid fire here, uh, Ayuk or Pittman? Pittman, not even close. Okay, Mike Williams or Pittman? Pittman. Rondale Moore or Pittman? Pittman. Tony or Pittman? Pittman. And just going back to DLF's uh, trade finder, Todd, in October, just a couple of trades here. One was Pittman straight up for Tony was a trade that was done. Another one was Pittman for a 2020... Two first. Would you take a random 2022 first or Pittman? Oh, that's hard. I don't do random first. Okay, let's I, say a mid 2022 sec, uh, first. I'll take, I'll take the mid first. Okay. So late first, you'll take Pittman? Yeah. All right. Two seconds and Dimey Brown for Pittman seems like a home run. Yeah. And then James Robinson for Pittman and a second. Pittman and a second? Yeah, I think maybe I, I might be messing up what, what <laughs> who, who? second is. Who who hit the home run on that one? I mean, I mean Robinson is the definition of like opportunity through injury. You know what I mean? Like, wow. I mean, so, I like I love James Robinson, but like we all know that he's getting all this work because Etienne's out. You know what I mean? So that's congrats whoever made that trade. You know, sometimes when you need a you, maybe you have, you have a plethora of wide receivers and you just need a running back that kind of situation. What's interesting? So for me, Todd Pittman, and just to kind of wrap this up because I've kind of just been asking you questions. I, I would obviously take Rondale over Pittman uh, stubbornly at this point, probably for knowing that I'm just being stubborn. But he's actually, and he's doing this with Carson Wentz, Todd, who's actually somehow, some way managing an 80% catchable targets uh, for Pittman, which is about middle of the road, which is all you can ask for from Carson Wentz, to be honest, with how he's been playing at, uh, up and down. And I know some people love them, some of Carson Wentz, but uh, shaky at best. Some positive things here, Todd. I think he's a wide receiver too. That's kind of how I like a that's he's a wide receiver too for me. I'll I'm probably gonna be too low on him if people want or start projecting him to be a, a wide receiver one in the long run. So our top twelve. I, I don't see that happen. So a couple of things. I would say this is also you being stubborn about pre draft projections. No? A guy you didn't really like that you just I, not really I was like, slow on Pittman for sure, but I this season I we I have been chirping him up to you. We've been chirping him up a little bit this season though. Yeah, but then you also tell me you're going to take Rondo more over him when we're talking about competition. Come on, bro. Come on, man. Give me, give me the guy on Arizona. Yeah, give me the guy on Arizona. Hell yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's get on to take two. Pat Fryermuth is a top ten dynasty tight end, and he has been the entire time. This guy was the best all-around tight end in this class. Remember, I said all-around tight end. Everyone take a deep breath. Kyle Pitts is really just a wide receiver with a tight end 
Like, I was about at, to say I wasn't even thinking about Kyle Pitts because I just was I just assume he's a wide receiver, so I wasn't even thinking. That's funny, right? Like, 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 let's all take a deep breath, okay? <laughs> all right, Kyle Pitts is not really block, all right? But Ruth is an excellent blocker. He was a two-year captain at Penn State. He's like an old-school type of like, football player with like a high upside. So he had a twenty percent target share in Week Eight. He's had seven targets in each of his last two games. That's more than half of his twenty-seven targets on the year. And he played a season-high 78% of the snaps. That's very encouraging at this point in the season for a rookie tight end. And I do like three red zone targets out of 27 targets. That's very nice. So in a tight end premium league, he is an absolute steal for any 2022 second-round pick. And that shouldn't be enough. But for certain people in contention that might have him, that might be a place to start. And you throw a little piece on, that gets it done. Now. I would definitely give up more than that. But right now is the time to buy him with that target share increase in week eight. Because if this continues, he's going to get more expensive and people are going to finally understand who he is. The tape, the numbers, the coaches speak, the intangibles that were coming out of Penn State, the landing spot, the draft capital. I just love Friar And I thought he was one of the best values in last year's rookie drafts. And now he's starting to produce a lot sooner than I thought he would, to be honest. I see him as a Mark Andrews type, solid target share, will produce stellar yardage and catch numbers, but his attractiveness as a potential red zone monster gives him like that weekly winner upside. Like he's the guy who can win you a matchup coming out of that tight end spot. So I was trying to trade for Fryer Muth all day with j before this recording dropped. And I just really don't want to tell them that we that we put this in the group chat so I could try to get him by the end of the week. So, Jay Powell, I hope you didn't listen to this because I do want Friar. I know that's what you're saying, but you've been he's been your guy all along, Todd. You continually all off season was was talking about Pratt Firemuth and how much you liked him, and like you said, all around tight end. And but not even that, just how great of a value he was going in the second round, the late second round of drafts. And you're spot on. You're starting to see him develop. People got freaking, their tits got hard. They turned into freaking milk duds over freaking uh, Cole Komet. And Pat Fryermuth is showing people what a real tight end one looks like, not Cole Komet. The only problem with, with Fryermuth is going forward what that offense looks like. We think that Juju moves on, and then it's, that's really going to be optimal, but it's who's throwing the ball. But still, Fryermuth, very exciting to see from a year one tight end. Go get him. Go get him. Ooh, some trades, Todd, for Fryermuth. Oh, and one question to you for you. Hunter Henry or Fryermuth? Fryermuth. In Dynasty, Fryermuth. Yeah. They're only a couple years. They're only like two or three years. I think they're three years apart in age. And Hunter Henry's actually having a surprise, like a weirdly good season that's pretty TD dependent. But still, I agree, Fryermuth. So the, here's a couple, three trades that recently happened on DLF's Trade Finder. Fryermuth for Ingram in a 2022 second. I like that. I- yeah, I would be in that deal. I would be countering Fryermuth in a third for Ingram, a second and a fourth. And I bet you that gets it done just okay, to be able I mean, to get a little bit more value there. Yeah, I it's tough because I know we both like Ingram, but um, well, I just think that like, you know, you're giving up a little bit of value in that trade with Ingram. I mean, I, I'm fine giving up Ingram. I just think Ingram plus the second means it's a little bit more. So that's why I feel like you have a little wiggle room to get a little bit more on the top. And then Fryermuth and Shuba Hubbard for Brandon Ayuk. Congratulations uh, on that home run. Whew. You take Oof. Ayuk? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would. I'd take Ayuk. <laughs> and that 
Yes. You have guys producing versus a guy not doing anything. Oh my gosh, Chuba Hubbard, dime a dozen. Give me like Mike Davis all over again, Todd. Oh my god, just just uh, just keep going. Let's do, let's not go down this. I can't talk about Ayuk anymore. <laughs> yeah, you've been you're a spurned lover with Ayuk. Me, I'm holding the line, Todd. Holding the line. <laughs> all right, <Davey. laughs> and then Friermuth and a 2022 second for Noah Fant. That one's hard. I would probably take the second in Friermuth. I actually have Fryermuth in the same tier as Fant. So that tier, it goes Fant, Gusecki, Fryermuth, tier break, right? So that would be like my seven, eight, nine. So I have Fryermuth ranked as my ninth dynasty tight end right now. And Fant, I feel like we're like we're seeing like his ceiling right now. And that that offense, you want to talk about question marks, man? Good lord, you know what I mean? So I feel like Fryermuth has the same kind of ceiling as Fant. So I'll take the pick and just trust in my and, and just trust in my gut on that one. But I also when I when I make that trade, I go to myself, I might regret this later. But I'm gonna go with my gut. I think you nailed this, Pat Farmouth. I, I I I think you should celebrate him being your guy. I liked him and like it where he was going. I just never felt like I could get him. Got him in a ton of mock drafts, of course, but could never get him in in real life in a league. And uh yeah, he's he's looking like a very fruitful tight end in the tight end garden. And yeah, man, I'm really excited about how Firemoose is going to develop here, Todd, because he's got the size, he's got the college production, the draft capital. There's a lot to like about Pat Firemoose. It's kind of like the ultimate compliment to give to a tight end. I see in the notes, a rant is coming. Do hit us with it, my friend. All right. So my, my first idea was, all right, the running back landscape is all muddied. Let's talk about trade targets. And then I was like, oh, God, that's going to be long. It's going to be, like, drawn out, talking about strategy. And I was like, you know what? Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about why building through running backs like this is exactly why you don't do this. You just don't. So, like, this offseason, I cashed out a Derrick Henry in three separate leagues. And, at, and up until last week, it looked like that was a terrible idea. Then this happens. Now I feel validated. What an emotional roller coaster it is with running backs. And... I like. I don't want to hear any talk about where we can't predict injuries. Shut up. Running backs simply get hurt more. That's it. It's obvious. If you've watched football for like more than like two years, you know that. It's a freaking obvious fact. All right. Acres, uh, Dobbins, Etienne off the bat gone. CMC, Ceh, Carson's, Miles, Montgomery, now Henry. All on the IR. Who knows what's going on with Saquon at this point? Chubb, Cook have both missed two games this this year. That's six out of my top twelve preseason and eleven out of my top twenty four in the rankings. Fifty percent. That's wild. This is exactly why I build through wide receivers and quarterbacks and super flex longevity and sustainability for my SFB team. I actually got some flack about my running backs, but I'm and but I was lucky because the I waited on RB and the RB one I got is Aaron Jones and who's healthy. Then I went with a lot of ambiguous running back two stables, so I didn't invest heavy capital into that position because I thought that that was the best way to deal with a competitive field. Be a little bold, be a little different, do something to separate you from that, and it's working out pretty well for me. Like at six and two, you know, so running backs go down more. And often, that's just what happened. Like, 
build through wide receivers and quarterbacks. This is why you don't build through running backs. Todd, you're preaching the crier here, buddy. As far as these fading running backs, we've long time built through wide receivers on our dynasty teams. We love to try to get uh, a low end, try to hit the value in our RB2 spots in a lot of places and redraft, try to hit that one home run type running back and then really build through wide receivers. And that's been pretty successful for us over the, over the years. And this is why. And it's not, and I think people need to realize that this isn't uh, celebrating injuries. This isn't predicting injuries by any means. This is just playing the percentages. And, and, and we're not even saying that wide receivers don't get hurt because they do. But this, it's just easier to replace running back production through on the waiver wire and through RB, like through players who are outside the top 24 preseason than it is with wide receivers. You don't see a lot of wide receivers come from zeros to heroes like you do with running backs and like the Chuba Hubbards, like I'm trying to like, like Cordero Patterson's of the world. Uh, and this is why, man. And uh, you hate to see it. Henry was really making us look bad, Todd. And he and and you know, more times you're out there on on the field, the more t- likely you're about to have one of those those freak injuries, like he did. I hope he gets better. I hope he can make it back for the playoffs for that for Tennessee. But it, it looks rough, especially for a bigger guy like him. Definitely not celebrating injuries, Todd, with running backs. But this just goes into the strategy that we preach and why I, in particular, like to go young running back because when a guy like Henry gets hurt, you see that tailspin for dynasty value goes down. Big time because he's already he's 27 years old, and then nobody wants like people were already fading him when he was 27. Now he's 28 with a foot injury. Things are rough. So uh, hate to see it, Todd. But this is why we we approach the game this way. Yeah, like it, that's a, that was a anybody who's a Henry owner. I'm sorry, that's rough. That's just rough. That was a, that was a tough hit. But um, yeah, I mean exactly. This is oh, it's not difficult. It's not. It's not. Just accept the fact that running backs will get hurt more often. Ugh. David, tell me where you can find me. I need him. <laughs> you can find me over at FF underscore Spaceman on the Tweet Machine, on the Patreon, over at Dynasty League Football again one of these days, and over at Rookie Fever. Uh, if you want to talk about, if you want more in-depth analysis on Pat Fryermuth, on uh, Michael Pittman as they're coming to the league, that's the place to hit it because, of course, we're always going to cover it here on Taylor Two Rivals as well. Todd, I loved your topics, really came in hitting hard. And I hate to say it, Todd, sometimes when you just don't go with your gut and you have some facts and stats to back it up, you kind you kind of make some good points, my friend. Stop it. I make good points from before I did all that crap too. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> now you know how it feels when you just when I'm gonna start introducing I'm gonna start leading the show with all these, oh Mr. uses the database. Uh, doesn't go with his gut anymore, Todd Foster. Yeah, we'll see how you like it, mister. Eh, I'm so mostly relying on the gut. Just kind of using a little bit of analytics on the side. My side piece. All right. <laughs> I am at FF underscore Bantaman on the Twitter's machine. You get me up for C2C, Devi, Dynasty. Even a little IDP. I, you know, I dabble in the IDP world. And uh, on top of that, I do write for the IDP guys, but I'm more so a C2C guy over there. Uh, I got lots of Debbie rankings. You want to know about the 2022 class, 2023 class, 2024 class. I got uh, rankings for every single one of those classes, about at least 70 deep for each of them. And I should, within the next couple of weeks, have my top 200 C2C rankings up. So let's go.